1: Hello, Filipe. Welcome all the way from Londrina, Paraná, the south of Brazil. How are you,
0: Filipe? Hello, Sam, and very well. Thank you for inviting me for this podcast. Like, I feel very happy of being here. Like, I feel like I'm a famous person now being here. <laughs> a very, A very well-known podcast, and I'm here... <laughs> Yeah, I'm very glad.
1: And listen, you mentioned a very interesting word there, famous, right? Today, we live in a very technology driven society. And in many ways, that's a really good thing because, for example, we could not be having this conversation right now if it weren't for technology, for the internet. So I always mention this to my students. There are a million positive things about technology, but just like everything else, you have positive and negative things with everything, right? And I would say that one of the most negative things about technology is this idea of people kind of wanting to become famous through technology. And you see, sometimes people become so obsessed with wanting to become famous that they completely forget about the journey, right? Every single moment, all the effort that you have to uh, put into the journey and I think that's kind of an interesting introduction to what you and I are going to talk about here today because we're going to talk about your personal English learning journey because I remember a while ago when you contacted me and you were like hey teacher Sam you know I'm on a budget I've saved up a little bit of money and I'd like to invest it in an English course and and we talked a little little bit back and forth, and then finally, you were part of our one of our online uh, group classes, and I believe you were a student for a couple of months. First, just introduce us a little bit to Filipe. Like, who is Filipe, and uh, how did you get started with your English learning journey?
0: Okay, so yeah, like you said, I live in Londrina, in the south of Brazil. I remember when I was a child, my father he bought a new computer and. I don't know. I think I never told you this, but in this computer, there were some programs that you could learn English. Like for, for kids, for example, uh, blue, red, and then you, you had to pick, pick up the right picture and choose the name. And then I started learning some words when I was a child. And like when I was watching something in English or listen to a song, I was always like wondering, like, what are they saying? Because I would like to understand because since when i was a child i always like to be among adults and hear what they are saying and give my opinion <laughs> yeah so when i was listening to english things i would like to understand to see if i would agree or not you know mm-hmm. because if i if i didn't understand then how would i give my opinion so i couldn't mm-hmm. and i wanted to do that so i think this is one one of the 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 reasons why i like to learn languages because i always want to give my opinion about what people are saying or learn something right so but if i don't understand i i am like zero in that conversation i can't say anything I can learn from them. So yeah, so I remember that when I was a child, my my father he bought this computer, and then and, and yeah. When
1: you say when and when you say when I was a child, just out of curiosity, like how old were you, more or less? Do you remember? I think
0: I was like six years old. Wow. Okay. And then I I used to play that game, and there was like, for example, a, a car and a motorcycle. The the guy would say car and then I had to pick the, the right picture. So I think in this moment was when I started uh, loving the English language. Like I wanted to know that in that moment. Well, so,
1: so basically we could say that it was your curiosity also that really yeah. pushed you and motivated you. Like, okay, well, I can be a part of the conversation in my native language, Portuguese, but exactly. I can't quite in English. And so it was that sense of curiosity that kind of drove you To and pushed you to continue learning uh, English and to want to learn uh, English, right? Would you say so? Your curiosity? I I guess I would also say you are, it sounds like it from your story, that you are outspoken. Outspoken. So in English (laughs) we use this expression when we're talking about people who have an opinion and like to share their opinion with other people. They are outspoken. Outspoken.
0: Yeah, because for example, when, when we had like family gatherings all my cousins they were playing and all like my uncles and aunts they were talking and i i didn't want to be with my cousins i want i wanted to be with my my parents my uncles because i wanted to talk to them see what they're saying and say, ah, really? I don't think so. Like, so things like this. So, yeah, I think this part of my personality made me to want to learn English as well.
1: That's interesting. So you were, like, dri- more driven to hang out with the adults than you were driven yeah, to hang exactly. out with your peers, as we say in English, right? With your peers. What do you mean, teacher? What is a peer? Well, y- your peers are those people that are the same age as you, right? So your peers. Yeah. And in your case, you were were more like motivated to talk to the adults than you were with the peers why do you think that is what what made you so curious about like adult conversations rather than kind of hang out with your with the peers
0: actually i don't know i i have thought about this something that i i really want to study it's like personality like people's personality because Mm -hmm. i don't know if we're born this way or if something happens when we're a child and makes us to be this way. I don't know, but I, th- I think I never, it was just natural. I just wanted to be there. Maybe it's because uh, when I was a child, I used to live very close to my grandma mm-hmm. and my mom, she, she had to work and my father as well. So I spent the whole day with my grandma. So maybe like every day talking to my grandma and like listen to her life stories maybe that made me this way.
1: I see. I see. So, so you started with this just kind of a little bit of curiosity with when your dad got this computer, English was sort of kind of popping up there and that got you a bit curious. But then how did you maintain your English learning journey? Because I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. I know that generally speaking, the English speaking level is relatively low in Brazil. And obviously, I don't say this to be negative or to be discouraging. It's just kind of a fact. Uh, it's it, That's kind of the situation all across uh, Latin America. The level of yeah. English speaking is not very, very high. How did you continue your English learning journey? Like, where do you go from your computer and those words that were popping up? What's the next step? Like, what did you kind of do to keep up the learning?
0: Yeah, so like you said, here. Brazil, we don't have a very good high level of English because not talking bad about anybody, but because you can just teach what you know, right? You cannot teach something that you don't know. So because here in Brazil, the, the teachers, they don't know too much of English at schools, they can't, they, they can do their best, but they can't teach more than what they know. So this is the level. But when I went to school, like I think I was eight, day school where I was studied, it was like a public school and they gave me a book in English. And the teacher, like she was trying to do her best, but I started learning some words, but just the spelling, like for example, the word basket. Like for example, there, I remember there was a picture, like some people were in a picnic and they had like a basket with some fruit and i remember my teacher she would pronounce basket <laughs> like with a portuguese accent but uh so i learned the spelling and then all of a sudden i i found out that when you say basketball that means because you have the basket and you have the ball so like when you find out this kind of things is like for me it's like it sounds like i i don't know it sounds for me it feels, it feels like i have a um, a place in my brain that I have never been there and then when I learned something like this it's like wow and then now I know why you say basketball because you have a basket and a ball so I remember these things when I learned a very high level of English it When I say it, it sounds very like odd, like why he's saying this. But when you are learning and words that you use every day, but you don't know where they came from. And now you know it. It's like really, really like for me, it's really fun, really interesting. So I remember like when I was eight and I started finding out these words that were in my daily vocabulary, but I never knew where they came from. And now I know. And then I could explain, you know, like when I arrived home, I would say, mom, do you know why you say, Basquete in Portuguese. Because in English, we have the word basquete. And that means la cista. So, yeah. that I, I remember that was very so, funny.
1: So, when it comes to Yumi and words, we do have a large number of listeners who are listening from Brazil, actually. So, someone might wonder now, okay, well, I've been saying basquete all these years. What's wrong with that? How do you actually uh, pronounce it? So, since we are talking about that word, think of it this way. It's like bass bass, and then ket basket, basket. Now, remember, if your native language is Portuguese, naturally, you're going to struggle a little bit with the D, the T, right? So instead of saying basket, no, basket, ket. cat. Practice this. If you're listening to this right now, cat, this word ket 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 and then basket basket so you see towards the end it's very soft not rough you know basket ch, ch. no 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 basket basket very good example Philippi I can relate to that I really can relate to that because when I was a kid I loved coming home and just reporting to my parents like hey do you know why we do this or hey do you know why we say this or do you know this I remember really enjoying that you know just coming home and sharing with my parents, whatever I had learned in school or in kindergarten or whatever, you know, so that that's really nice. Okay, you are in school. And as you said, these teachers are doing their best, but you know they don't know what they don't know so now what do we do if we are in that situation if we are let's say anyone who's listening right now could be someone from Venezuela could be someone from Colombia Brazil any place in the world where it's like oh man when I go to school and I'm in my English classes my teacher's English isn't the greatest and I don't feel motivated to learn what do you do in that situation how do you kind of how do you learn in that situation but
0: one interesting thing I was talking to one of my friends today about this exactly top, and we're talking about uh, when you have a teacher because in my mind i never expected from the person who is teaching me to do all the job Mm -hmm. because i think some people are like this like now in my job i have noticed this so i was was
1: what's your job tell us what your (laughs) job is so everybody knows we're gonna get to that (laughs) eventually. what's your job Uh
0: exactly so now i'm teaching portuguese for people that live out of Brazil, so people from England, people from United States, some of them they wanna learn Portuguese, and then I teach Portuguese to them. Yeah.
1: Excellent. So you are a teacher yourself now. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. Um, okay. Sorry. Um, go ahead. Uh huh. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh huh.
0: So, but I was talking to my friend about drive because when I started here in Brazil, it's not like in America. Here in Brazil, you have to go to a driving school. You know. You cannot like just ask your parents to teach you and then after you learn it. I think it's how it works in America. So your parents, they can drive with you and then you can learn it. And after you can go and take a test. And then if you drive as well, then you can have your driver's license. I don't know. But here in Brazil, you can't do it. You have to go to a driving school and you have to pay for it. You can't learn from your parents. So when when I was learning how to drive in Brazil... I was living in the Amazons because I went there to, to make a volunteer job in the Amazons. And then I was I was working there and my mom asked me, do you want like, to take your driver's license? And then I said, yes. But the guy who was teaching me, she wasn't a teacher. She was a driver, you know? So I think there is a big difference. He knew how to drive. He didn't know how to teach how to drive. So he was a very good driver, but he was a very bad... I can say it because... Uh, probably he won't hear it. <laughs> so, yeah, so he was a very bad teacher. So, for example, I remember the first time I got into the car, he said, like, do this and do that and i asked him yeah but how do i do this so he he talks to me as if i knew it already i remember in our classes for example uh, i knew our, i knew
1: it i knew it <laughs> i knew it yes go ahead go ahead uh-huh go yeah. ahead.
0: so for example in our english classes i remember you always said ah you if you go to instagram you're going to see a lot of teachers saying you need to think in English, and then you say, "How are you thinking in English?" If you don't know how to speak the language, so it cannot. Oops. It's the same if you. I, I remember you say, "So think in Japanese, but I don't know Japanese. How how can I do it?" So it Excellent. was the same with the the guy who was teaching me. But and then my my friend he asked me, "So how did you?" Because I I made the test and I went farewell, and then he asked me why, and I said, "It's because I always had this kind of thinking that the the responsibility of learning it's mine not from my teacher you know so for example now i'm trying to learn a little french and i have some teachers they help me but i don't think oh he's like a bad teacher he's a good teacher i i think like they are doing their job but i need to study by myself i need to watch videos on youtube i need to search up for what what the word means you know so I think like they need to do their part and I need to do mine, you know?
1: Well, I think I disagree with you a little bit. And tell me, let me just tell you why I disagree with you there a little bit. First of all, I think you are very kind and mature to have that attitude because that's a I I think that's a very mature attitude, because that means you're not expecting other people to do the work for you. Your attitude is, once again, very similar to my attitude, because I remember going to school and having the same exact attitude, like, okay, this teacher really sucks. In other words, she's not so great, but you know what, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to pass this class or to pass this course or to, you know, finish this course in an Nice way. So I completely agree with that. However, I do believe that teachers, and I really hope if some teachers are listening to this uh, right now, I do believe that we as teachers do have a little bit of a responsibility to really think hard before we make the decision to become teachers, you know, because I think when you become a teacher, you're not just a teacher, you have a room full of people who are looking at you for answers. Yes. And when that room of people has no energy and doesn't want to learn at all, then it's your job as the teacher to become the leader of that class and to take control of that class and to make sure, wake up everybody, come on, you can do this, right? Okay. So I think I disagree a little bit in that. I do think that teachers have that responsibility. And I always tell teachers, think about it before you decide whether or not you want to become Uh a teacher. Because you quickly realize as you become a teacher, oh my God, I'm not just a teacher, I'm sort of a mentor. You quickly realize students come up to you after class and they're like, hey teacher, I, I feel so nervous about speaking English. And last week I cried, I was at Starbucks and I couldn't understand anything. And slowly you begin to realize, oh my God, you know, I'm not just a teacher, I'm sort of a mentor, I'm sort of a bit of a motivator. Right now, that doesn't mean that every teacher out there is going to be the best teacher of your life. Of course not. But I really think that we should encourage teachers to to become creative, to become excellent teachers, to understand that the knowledge that they have is knowledge that many people want to know. Yeah, so
0: I understand what you're saying. And I agree with that. Because like, for example, now I'm a teacher and I I have to do my best to teach. But the thing is, me as a teacher, when I started teaching, I, I was very like i was feeling this kind of pressure because some of my students they weren't learning as i think they should or and then i started blaming myself because i started thinking oh they are not learning it but after i noticed that i had to do what i could but you know he they need to do their part as well so let's say uh maybe it's 50 50 I don't know, how how much do you think is this percentage? Uh, Like, I need to do my best, but even if I do everything I can, if I give my everything, I would just achieve 50%. And then the student, they need to do the other part. So, of course, when you are looking for a teacher, you need to, to find a good teacher. By the way, I would recommend... Sam, if you're listening to it, <laughs> but recommend uh,
1: Maverick Lingo. Woohoo! No. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but ain't so you, then when you get a good teacher like Sam, then you need to do your part. You know, if you don't do it, it won't work.
1: And, and so. I I have to say, I now that you broke it down a little bit, which is really nice. You see what Felipe did is he kind of broke down the information, right? Whenever we break down the information a little bit more or break down a story, we are talking about it in more details, right? Now that you break it down like that, I can say I absolutely agree with that statement. I really, really do. In fact, nowadays, whenever I begin um, a new semester of classes, I always say this, always, I always say this to students. I say, listen, I know exactly what kind of a teacher I'm going to be. God willing, I'm going to give you my all. But what kind of a student are you going to be? I can't answer that question. Only you can answer that question. You know, and sometimes if you listen to that, it's like, oh, you know, what do you mean? I'm going to be a bad student. Not at all. It's just that I don't know you. I've never met you before. I've never worked with you before. That's usually what happens in a new semester. You have all these new students, 20, 30, 40 new students. And it's like, I don't know you. I don't know how you operate. I don't know how you learn. But I sure hope that you will give me your best. I sure hope That you will go through this semester, whether it's a nine-week semester or a six-week semester or a four-week semester, I hope that you go through it giving all of us your best. And notice, I'm saying giving all of us your best because actually what you realize is when you give your teacher your best, you're not only giving your teacher your best, you're also giving the other students in the group your best. And okay. believe it or not, that motivates the other students as well to kind of, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I want to participate. You know what? I want to say something. Felipe said it. Now I want to say it, right? As opposed to if everyone's just quiet, then nobody feels motivated because nobody wants to, you know, make mistakes or sound foolish or give the wrong response. And by the way, as a teacher, I also think it's really important to encourage your students to make mistakes, to feel comfortable making mistakes. It's okay. Make mistakes. We're going to learn from your mistakes. You know, I think that's also very helpful so that students can relax a little bit, you know, and not feel so nervous and anxious and stressed about, you know, having to make mistakes, because I swear to God, Filippi, you would be surprised. And I really mean that. You would be so surprised if you really could see and experience the level of anxiety that exists in the English learning community. I mean, there are students who cry and who who their hands shake and they feel small and it really affects their self-esteem. Honestly, their inability to speak English, their shyness, think, their fear, yeah. all of these things, you know. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so I think it happens because people relate the, how, how good you are in a language and how smart you are. But even if in my native language, because, for example, uh, here in Brazil, uh, the Portuguese language it's very, I like the grammar; it's a little complex, right? It, it it more than English, I think. So, for example, if you are if you are a boss and you wanna like hire somebody to work with you, and this person. Um, when they are talking, they make a lot of Portuguese mistakes because even native uh, Brazilian speakers, speakers, they do a lot of, they make a lot of mistakes. So it's very natural. It's a kind of prejudice, I think. I don't know. I need to think about it. But uh, when when you're talking to somebody here in Brazil and they make a lot of mistakes, um, your first thought is like he's not intelligent. It's a. I think it's a kind of prejudice because maybe if you are, if you like, if you are born in a family that didn't have the opportunity to go to school and learn the good grammar, so maybe it's not your fault that you talk this way. But it, it has nothing to do if you're if you're smart or not. You know. So I think if even here in Brazil, sometimes I'm talking to my friends and they make a Portuguese mistake and I don't know how to correct them. I I, I think it's better not to say anything because um, even your native language, some people they feel humiliated if you correct them. Some people feel like, oh, if your Portuguese is better than mine, that means you are smarter than me, you know? So I think it happens with all languages, even uh, with our native language. And I, I don't know why like people they relate the intelligent with how good you are. And I think that's why people are very uh, nervous when it comes to talking English, because they know that if they make a lot of mistakes, people will think they are not smart. Oh so absolutely, that's why they,
1: absolutely they feel this pressure. Ab- absolutely. I think you you nailed it. I think you're absolutely right. And you mentioned the word prejudice prejudice, right? It's like, okay, but what do you mean prejudice? Well, you are prejudging someone. That's what you're doing. So imagine right now, in this moment, I am seeing a person, whether it's a man or a woman for the very first time. And just by looking at them, we haven't said a word to each other, we haven't exchanged any kind of a conversation with each other. Just by looking at them, I'm starting to build ideas in my head. Ooh, I think they're smart. Or, well, I don't think they're that smart. Or, I don't know. I don't think she's very educated. Or, I think she, he's educated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, what am I doing? I am prejudging this person. You see? So, prejudice, prejudice. And I think you're absolutely right. But remember, as human beings, we have this weird tendency. Maybe it's not so weird, because sometimes we need prejudice to survive. It's almost like a survival thing, right? I mean, honestly, when you're crossing the street, you have to judge the situation. You know, you look to your right, you look to your left, you look to your right again, and you look to your left again, and you're like, okay, now it's safe for me to walk if you're walking late at night, and you see someone kind of making weird movements or see, you are prejudging. So we need that prejudge. We need a certain level of prejudgment to protect ourselves to defend ourselves to survive. Fine, fine, right. But as human beings, we have taken it to a whole other level over the years, right. And so I think you're absolutely right. I think We as human beings are afraid of embarrassment, failure, and just shame in general, in general. And when you're Mm -hmm. learning a new language, that's just so emphasized. It's so emphasized because it's like, no, that's not how you say it. You say it like this. And then people feel crushed. It's like, oh, God, of course, I said it incorrectly. Oh, God, I'm so silly or what was I thinking, you know, and that's where you, as the English learner, you have to check yourself. You have to stop and say, it's okay. Oh my God, I made a mistake. That's okay. You have to make a million mistakes before you get to that level where you're like super confident. And I always say this to my students and you remember from our courses, I would always say like, Hey, I'm teaching you English now, but remember many, 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 many years ago, I could not say a word in English. And what do you think? I woke up one day and I could just speak English? No way. It took years and years of hard work and many mistakes to get to where I am uh, today. And honestly, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to include you and your story in today's podcast episode. And it's Episode number one hundred, jubilee, <laughs> Woo-hoo! yay! Yeah. Okay, I wanted to include you in this episode because I think your story is very important. I really do. It's like, hey, man, you came to me, you came to Maverick Lingo to teacher Sam, and you're like, hey, listen, I'm on a budget. I don't have a lot of money right now. I've saved up a little bit. But I'd like to invest it in English courses. And you did, uh, Filippi. But not only that, you you took responsibility for your classes. You were there. You participated. You asked the questions. What I'm trying to say is, you did your best. You did your best. And I say this all the time. Give me your best. Try your best. Even if it's not perfect in the end. As long as you have made some improvement and that led you to a very exciting career path. What do you mean career path? It's like a career road. You know, all of a sudden, wait a minute. I could teach Portuguese to English speakers. Now listen to that one more time. I could teach English to Portuguese speakers. How? are you going to teach, excuse me, I could teach Portuguese to English speakers. How are you going to teach Portuguese to English speakers? Well, you must know English. You must know English. Right? So so. that opened up a whole new career path for you. So talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind, like, uh, okay, so you, you started teaching and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it yeah. sounded like you kind of liked it a lot. So, so yeah, tell exactly. us a little bit there's about just, that experience.
0: Yeah, there's just something I want to mention. Uh, please. I don't please. know if you agree with me, but um, I know some people in Brazil, some of my friends, and they don't have a job, like they are looking for a job. And then I, I tell them, so where I work, it's a very good place. You can work Uh like you don't need to wake up too late because you don't need to take a bus. You can work in your house, okay? And then they, then I ask them, do you speak English? And they say no. And then they ask me, but how long do you think does it take to me to learn it? So one thing that I have noticed is like first people they wait to the opportunity, and after they think, oh, I have the opportunity, so I need to get prepared for it. But I think it's very important first to get prepared for it. And after, when you have the opportunity, then you take it, right? So it was oh just God. something...
1: Yes, yes, yes. And I really have to comment on that because that's so important what you just said. That's so important what you just said, especially since we live in a very technologically driven society. and And just, you know, just kind of, as we say in English... Uh, you know, give me a second to, to get to my point here, because I promise you there is a connection. I think we live in such a technology driven society, which has wonderful positive things. And it also has negative things. Some of the negative things that I've experienced and noticed is that sometimes people think, well, I don't need to really study nowadays. I mean, everything is just technology driven, and I don't really have to do anything. I mean, if I have a question, I can ask Siri a question, I can ask Google a question, I can go on Google, I can look it up, you know. And so I think, unfortunately, and I've I've just had this conversation with uh with an educator with a professor from a university the other day. We were talking about this because she feels more and more in her classrooms that students are becoming more and more like, well, what's the point? I mean, why do I have to put in the effort to learn this? I mean, I can just look it up and, you know, Google can tell me and so so you know because of technology students are becoming influenced in this way where sometimes we feel like, well, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point, right? Now, we can feel the same exact thing with our English. Like, ah, whatever. What's the point? I can just download this application on my phone and I can say the sentences in my native language and then the application will translate it for me. Why? What's the point? Well, Let's connect it to what you said. What if one day you are presented with an opportunity? What if you're given an opportunity, let's say, to get a better job, to get a higher position, to make a higher pay, to earn more money, maybe to travel more, maybe to express yourself more, maybe to share your knowledge and potential with other people? What then? What but b- b- do you speak English? Oh shoot, no oh no, I don't right. But I have my so, cell
0: phone with Google.
1: E- exactly. <laughs> you won't <say> it, right? <laughs> exactly. Egg- no, that's listen, it's a bit of a joke, but it's a really yeah. good point. It's a really good point, you know. So I always and constantly and nonstop am telling students and listeners this all the time. Like, don't fall for that. Attitude. It's a very negative, it's a very lazy attitude, to be honest with you, because you just never know when an opportunity might present itself to you. Once again, that's why I also wanted to have you as a guest on the podcast today, because what about yourself? A couple of years ago, could you have imagined, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm actually going to become, you know, a Portuguese teacher, and I'm going to teach Portuguese in English. Could you have imagined that a couple of years ago? Probably not. But because of your English, that became a possibility. And I don't want to get into too many kind of private details, but I remember talking to you a couple of weeks ago, and you're like, Sam, because of my English level, I'm able to charge more for these classes. I'm able to earn more money through these classes what's wrong with that? That's There's nothing wrong with that. That just means you are much more qualified. And when you are much more qualified because of your English level, because of the effort that you put in in the classes and all the other times that you were studying English, well, guess what? It paid off. It paid off. And guess what? All these English native speakers, I guarantee you, they don't even mind paying a little bit more as long as they can have a teacher who who has, whose English is really nice and they can understand him or her, right? And they can communicate with him or her because remember, those English native speakers, what are they trying to do in your case? They're trying to learn Portuguese so they have many questions. And they can't ask you these questions in Portuguese yet. So they rely on their English. They, they depend on their English, right? Felipe. So so I, I mean, that just makes me mega, mega, mega proud, really. It really does, honestly, not just because it's you, but it makes me so proud because once again, this is the proof. This is the proof what could happen if you actually put in the effort. And, and, you know, you don't have that lazy attitude like, no, but Google is here or "Uh, my iPhone is here or CD is here. You know, no, you know, where is CD? Where is Google when you need them in that very special moment where you have to communicate with someone and express express yourself with someone? Right. Right. So um, so that's that's really cool. And I hope that many students draw inspiration from you and your story i really really do uh because you deserve it you you really really deserve it um, so so what is it about this teaching experience that you like yeah that, so that you're drawn to uh-huh
0: when uh so before the pandemic i was living uh in the amazons so then i had to come back home uh because i uh, like my parents they wanted me to be with them during the pandemic to be safer right. here in the south, and um, I started working with my father. He's like a painter. I think you call a painter right? Like he paints yes, yes. houses. Right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and then I was working with him. Like I think it's a very nice job because like when you get a house and it's not painted yet, it's like it's kind of ugly. And then after when Some days after when it's aged, it's very beautiful. I think it's a very nice job. But I don't like to work in the sun, let's say, you know. (laughs) And sometimes I had to work um, outdoors. I didn't like that, you know. I I didn't like that. And I I started thinking. um, Because like when I was watching some videos on YouTube, um, the advertisements were like, Ah, you can go to this website and talk to a native English speaker and practice your English with them. And then I thought, if there is this website with native English speakers, where you can practice with them English, probably there is out there any website where people can practice Portuguese with a native Portuguese speaker. So I searched, I searched up for it and I found this website. And then I I made a video speaking in English and Portuguese. They accepted and I started working there. So it was like very, very nice. And, you know, let me tell you something. Uh, When I started working there, I just started charging $2 per hour, a very, very low price. Why? Because um, first here in Brazil, $2 is not much, but it's okay, you know, it's okay. then after I noticed, like you said, people wouldn't mind to pay more if they have mm-hmm. a good quality in their mm-hmm. lessons. Mm-hmm. And then after some time I had, because I prepared all my materials, I, I studied, because even Portuguese is my native language, I had to study more to give them the answers they wanted. And then after I put four, and after they, even my students, they said, it's very cheap, you need to 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 increase it and then after i put six eight ten and then last week because my my calendar my schedule was full i couldn't accept more students because it was full Then <laughs> yeah I, I i have a student he's from miami and i think he was like paying ten dollars per, per hour and he said man you can double it put 20 and i said okay I, I will i will go slow and then after i raised to 12 and now it's 12 you know and I think this is one of the advantages of knowing English, because, you know, if you it's not it, like it's not just about money, but we need money to survive. Right. So like like I was talking to my to my friend yesterday and I said, like, I don't like too much capitalism, but I live in a world, so I need to here in Brazil we said we need to dance with the music, you know, it's a saying in Portuguese, we say. You need to dance with the music, that means you need to dance with the music, so, like, you mm-hmm. cannot change the world, like, the whole world, the world, so you, you need to, in, to live in English, in, this world, you know? in,
1: in English, we could say, one of the things we could say is, like, you gotta go with the flow, you got to go yeah. with the flow, uh-huh, go ahead, go ahead,
0: yeah, Felipe. exactly, so, exactly, so, what happened, um, I noticed that if you just speak Portuguese, you can just make money here in Brazil, you know, or Portugal, maybe. But if you speak English, you can, you can make business in all the world, you know, because you know the language, you can talk to them. So that's it. Now, and- now like, there are some, some people here in Brazil that, um, like, they work too much, and I think, like, they, they would deserve more money, but they can't get it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think we we need to work with like with our body, but always also work with our brain, you know, because sometimes Mm -hmm. you are working too much, but you could get more money if you knew English. For example, I have a a friend and he work as a IT, like uh, with programmer, this kind of things. And he told me that if he knew English, he would make double of his salary so mm-hmm. like you know it's not i think it's not being greed it's being smart you know if you are so- if you are working 40 hours and you are making an, an amount of money and you could do like to do double what is the problem
1: exactly exactly and i i i'm so happy that you brought that up Okay, because you have to think, you know, I I happen to like capitalism, but we can have that conversation another time. You know, we can talk about that another time. But see, very often or let's say sometimes people have this attitude where it's like, oh, look at these people who have millions of dollars. I mean, what are you going to do with that money? And oh, it's too much. Okay, it's too much. But would you rather have that money? Would you rather have those millions of dollars, or would you rather that these people have millions and millions of dollars who are buying purses that cost like ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, shoes that cost five, six, ten thousand dollars, whatever something that you would never buy, something that you would use for something much, much better? So, I always tell people don't talk badly about money, earn as much money as you can. And then do good things with your money. Maybe tomorrow you can help other people with that money. But you can talk about helping people. But if you don't have the money, how are you going to help them? You understand my point yeah. here? See, So yeah. so, so that's one thing. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'd like to add one more thing. Very, very important to, to what you said. As you know, I'm located in Los Angeles. I've lived in the United States for many, many years. And one thing about American people that I can tell you is that they appreciate a good service. So even if you charge them, let's say, let's just say $10, when they feel like they've received a good service, they are very generous. They will even tip you. They will even double the payment because they believe oh, you deserve it because I received really good service and I'm having a great experience here. Right. So hearing you tell me that some of your American students have said, you know, hey, man, that's too little, like double it, you know, or whatever. I'm not surprised at all, because guess what? They appreciate the service and they would not have been able to appreciate the service if Felipe could not speak English. Not because Felipe isn't a good guy, isn't a nice, friendly, capable guy, but because there is no bridge for communication. So, you knowing English, you being comfortable with your English, you know, gives you the opportunity, opens up all these doors for. Like you said, now your classes are booked. You don't even have any more space for students. And that makes me very happy and very proud and very excited because as we speak, you are a great example for many, many, many people out there who are just afraid, man, who are sitting at home and kind of they're putting off their English learning journey. Ah, not today. Okay, next week. Ah, next month. Ah, next year and it just never, ever happens. By the way, do you know that I've had students in class who have cried in class because they've gotten so emotional telling us about the opportunities that they missed because they couldn't speak English? For example, we had a woman from Chile who shared with us, a very professional woman, by the way, with a lot of work experience. And she was so excited about getting promoted and getting a better job. And, you know, and unfortunately, they could not promote her because she could not speak English. And that's when she was like, this is it. I got to do something about my English learning journey. Right. Right. So to connect it with everything. You can't, you cannot, you cannot wait for opportunities to fall from the sky because that's not going to happen. You have to make the effort. You have to do your best. And like you said earlier, you have to prepare to a certain extent, slowly, slowly. And by the way, this is another thing that you notice as a teacher, you know, honestly, you notice that some students have this very negative attitude, like, oh, yeah, but, how long is it going to take me to learn? And oh, I'm going to be 70 years old or 40 years old. Well, then get out of my classroom. Then I don't even want to work with you because you have this super negative attitude and that's not going to get you anywhere in life. As opposed to if you shift the attitude and you're like, well, I learned five new words today, man. That's better than nothing. That's So now try to learn another five tomorrow Woo, that's 10 words oh my yeah. god let's go another five on wednesday that's 15 words do that for six months come back to me and that's talk it. to me then you
0: see uh, now that you said it uh my students sometimes they ask me the same question like how long does it will take to me to learn portuguese and you know what i answered then uh i answered and you know i was born in brazil I am twelve three years old, and every day i I learn new words, for example, I am learn I am reading a book now in Portuguese, and sometimes I need to go to the dictionary because I don't understand that word and then and then they tell me, what do you mean and then i I tell them that means that to learn a language, it's a live experience. like I can be a native Portuguese speaker, and I still have to learn some words in Portuguese if I wanna like spread my vocabulary you know, right if right. i want to make it wide so i i think this uh this um this think about like how long does it take to me to learn english i think it's nice if you studied all your life you know if you studied all your life then in the future you'll be able to to have like a very large uh vocabulary you you can't stop it you know and, I think and, you, you uh, have to to keep going. Yeah.
1: Yes, and you and you know how they say in English sometimes like focus on the journey not the destination. And I think yeah, in our case we're talking about learning English but honestly it could be anything. It could be you starting college for example and then completely obsessing over the day when you're going to graduate so much that you for, you don't even enjoy the process you don't enjoy the journey you don't focus on the journey or oh you start a new job and you become so obsessed like oh i want to become the manager and, and you know you don't enjoy the journey and and i know that sounds a bit cliche but but you know the older you get the more you realize oh my god there are so many cliche things out there that are actually very very true you see you see, uh, you do need to enjoy the journey, because you learn from the journey, you learn from your mistakes, you know, so I recommend like, why not just reflect on your day? You know, like, okay, how did I do with my English today? Oh, man, much better than yesterday. Oh, cool. That's, that's why I love those students that message me or email me or leave me voicemails or even mention this during class, you know, it's like, oh, my God, Sam, you know, I got compliments at work for my English yesterday. And I was so happy, you know, and and by the way, this is coming from someone who doesn't speak English perfectly, but they got compliments and they noticed that And it's like, yeah, you see, slowly, little by little. In fact, in fact, this morning, As I was preparing for this podcast episode, I noticed one of my former students who used to live in California, uh, Liot Mashida. he used to live in California. He now lives in Florida. And I noticed that he was a guest at a podcast somewhere in Florida, and the podcast was 100% in English. And let me tell you something, just a couple of years ago, let's say five, six, seven years ago. This would have been completely unimaginable for him. This would have been completely like no way, not a ch- no way. I can't do this. But now he can. And and he did not just wake up in the morning and bam, it happened. No, he had to work for it. He had to work for it. It's it's very very much the same as okay, you know what? Man, I need to work out. I need to, I don't know, get in shape or whatever. And you don't get in shape after a week. You don't get in shape after two weeks. You don't get in shape even after a month. It's like six months, eight months, a year, two years. That's when you really begin to notice those results. Of course, through consistency, right? So you also need consistency. You can't just study English for three days, And goodbye, see you next year. No, consistency, little by little by little. And honestly, that's one of the main reasons, not the main reason, but one of the main reasons why I started this podcast two years ago. You know, it's like, you know, you have students who are on a budget, but then you have students who are like, oh my God, I have no money. Like, how, you know, well, there you go. Here you go. Here's here's something you're getting literally for free. Listen to this podcast. So so that's where you notice, like, are these people real? Are they really real? Or are they just making up excuses? Like, yeah, money is an excuse. And then you give them free stuff and they're still not learning. So then you realize, oh, money was not the problem. Your attitude is the problem.
0: Yeah, you know? I want to
1: mm, go yeah, ahead. Let me you something. Sorry, go ahead. Please. So
0: on the on the platform that I work there are a lot of uh, Brazilian teachers. So what I have wor- what I have noticed is that sometimes I have some students, they study with me like three months. And then after they just stop studying with me, they don't say anything, they just stop. Uh, and then after three months, they start again studying with me. And I ask them like, not lot, like uh, putting an impression, then I just ask them, oh, what happened? I missed you, you know? And then they said, oh, I I was just studying with other teacher, but it's okay. now I will keep with you. So they (laughs) they never they never told me why. But what I noticed is because when they weren't learning, they thought it was my fault. But then after when they changed the tutor and they noticed they weren't learning, they noticed that it was their fault. They need you to to make the progress they need to to really study and then why they return you know. so yeah like was as you said uh like you can go to on youtube you can watch videos in english and portuguese like the language you are learning and yes yeah, some, sometimes we just want to blame people but we need to do our part to learn it Absolutely.
1: That's what I and that's and that's that's We, I really believe with all my heart that we know that in our heart, in our mind, in our brain, we know 100% if we have done our best or not. Now, now, listen, I can go out there and I can lie to the world. That's fine. But you cannot lie to yourself you cannot lie to yourself that's that's just the that's just the human nature you know you can't lie to yourself so you know when you have done your best and you have given it whatever that is your best effort then you can honestly and genuinely relax because you know what you tried your best and you can't do much more than your best but i think when people become Bothered and tormented and unhappy and you know stressed out is when they know for themselves, man, dang it, I did not give it my best. I did not try my best, and then that bothers you, you know. And I'm not surprised that it bothers you because it's like, ah, oh, man, I wish, I wish I could have done my best. I wish I could have given it my, my. Best effort and just see what happens, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, and, and talking, and in my, uh-huh. talking about like anxiety, after I started like, teaching Portuguese, I started like reading books about teaching stuff, you know, how, how like, yeah, how it works in our brain. And I noticed that children, they have a very uh, big ability to learn languages. And I was wondering why. Uh, one thing is their brain, right, but also because children, they are very humble and they are not afraid of making mistakes. So, for example, like if I'm talking to a child and they make a mistake in Portuguese, for example, and then I correct them, they just repeat what I said, they just correct themselves and they keep talking. They, they don't care about the mistake they made. That's right. And they just That's keep right. talking. That's so
1: right.
0: I think like when you are learning a new language, we need to to recognize that we are a kind of child in that language. And we are going to make mistakes. And the native people or the people that speak that language very well, they are going to be the adults. They're going to help us to learn that. So I don't see why I don't see why we need to be anxiety like Because it it happens with everybody. We just need to to see ourselves like a child that are going to make mistakes and we are going to learn with it. And then I think if you laugh with our mistakes, like like a child, like they know, they they just laugh, they just keep saying and then learn it. So I think that's how we have to do it.
1: Right. And I I mean I, I agree with you, I really do. I agree with you wholeheartedly, you know. Uh, I think it goes back to this human nature, like we're afraid of making mistakes in public, we're afraid of um, being embarrassed, we're afraid of people laughing at us. There's something kind of natural about that. That's exactly why when you walk into a room, and that room is full of a bunch of people that you don't know You're not yourself right away. You know, you don't just jump in there. Most people don't just jump in there and like, woohoo, hey, I have arrived. You know, most people are like kind of shy, kind of reserved, kind of take your time because we don't feel comfortable, right? We don't feel comfortable. But then little by little by little, All those people in that room, they become more and more familiar, and that influences your ability to connect with them, right? And to talk, communicate, feel more confident, feel more secure, all that stuff, right? So I think it's kind of rooted in our nature. And, um, you know, it's also honestly just like working on ourselves, not once a month, not once every six months, but like every day, reminding yourself like, okay, I make mistakes. It's a whole new language. It's a whole new language. You teach Portuguese to English speakers. I'm sure their pronunciation is not perfect right away. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure they have a heavy accent. I'm sure that when you say, hola, tudo bem, I'm sure maybe they say, hola, tudo bem, or something like that, right? Oh, they don't know. No, they speak English. They get, They have to get used to the Portuguese sounds. They have to get used to the pronunciation of all the words. It's absolutely normal, you know. But yeah. for some reason, English learners, we think that, no, we can't say a word until our English is perfect. Well, guess what? Yeah.
0: You're going to spend you... your entire
1: life waiting for that moment, you know. Go yeah. ahead, please. uh uh-huh.
0: I think, <clears throat> I don't know if you agree with me, but I think that, uh, there is something about English language. Because, for example, if I am learning Japanese, and then I, I have a good level of Japanese, um, because it's not, like, there is no competition about Japanese language. So if you have, like, a, a good level, it's not perfect, you will be proud of your Japanese, and nobody will correct you. But because English, it's a very important language in the world, there is a kind of competition. I, I, I feel it here in Brazil, for example, among, like, if you go to a private English school here in Brazil, and there are a lot of Brazilians uh, that speak English, there is a kind of competition between them, who speaks better. But if you are a Japanese teacher, because there is just you, there's not too much Japanese teachers, nobody will compete with you, you know, there is no competition. So I think we, we can't mm. join this competition. We can't. Because well, when you join it, uh, I know when when I say competition, I, I mean, like, you need to stop make comparisons, you know, because like, 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 uh, we were talking about Brazilian education. So if if you are born in, uh, for example, Netherlands, probably when you are like 15 years old, you speak English better than me because like they they live very close to England. Probably you can go to England whenever you want. Um, You know, they have a different background. So I cannot compare myself with them, you know. And in the world, there is this kind of. I feel it. I don't know if you agree. I feel that there is a, this kind of competition, uh, among who who can get the better English, and then that's why there is this pressure on you about talking English very well. Because, for example, now that I am trying to learn French, uh, I don't find too much people in Brazil that I speak French, so I don't feel this kind of pressure. You know. And then when I'm talking to my students and they are from France and I talk to them a little in French, they, they say, wow, where did you learn Spanish? I in mean, French? You know, because they are very happy that I'm talking to them in French as well. But if I'm talking to, to somebody in Brazil in English, maybe they want to try to correct my English. You know, do you understand what I'm saying?
1: Like oh, there's this
0: kind of competition about That's, English language.
1: Absolutely. But, but, but when you mention, you, again, you're mentioning an amazing word, which is competition. Okay. And now, now let's look at the word competition. Let's say a hundred years ago. Did, did competition exist a hundred years ago? Absolutely. It did. But then what happened We were introduced to the internet, to technology, of course, social media, and then competition was amplified. It was multiplied by a thousand. So in your case, you're talking about people comparing themselves and competing with each other when it comes to the English language. For sure. I'm sure that competition exists. But guess what? People also compete with each other when it comes to just their lives. Like, oh my God, look at what he has, and I don't have that. Look at what she has, and I don't have that. Look at where they are, and I don't have that. I mean, there is plenty, plenty of recent research which absolutely supports how very negative and and bad this is for us For the human mind, for our level of productivity, this idea of constantly comparing ourselves to other people, feeling like our lives, for some reason, are incomplete or not good or not great because of what you not experience, mind you, remember, not experience, but from what you see that someone else is doing or has or owns or whatever. So to go back to your point, do I agree with you? Absolutely. There is that sense of competition, I'm sure. There is that sense of comparison. But remember, in this world of billions and billions of people, you, Filippi, I, Sam, we are individuals. And I think that's the greatest, greatest, greatest recipe to success. You have to look at yourself kind of as an individual who has to take responsibility for his and her own life. What does that mean? Oh, look, Filippi's English is really good and my English is not so great. Okay, maybe that's true. But should you stop learning because Filippi's English is higher than yours right now? No, I think you should draw inspiration from Filippi. And maybe even send Filippi a message or email Filippi. Hey, man, how did you get there? What did you do? Now, look, look, you might be lucky and Filippi is a really kind person and willing to help you, or you might not be so lucky and Filippi is an arrogant, full of himself type of person who doesn't want to help. Well, if you ask me, it doesn't matter what the outcome is. At least you asked Maybe you're going to get a very kind and wonderful response or maybe you're going to get a, a, an arrogant response. It doesn't matter. You asked, you know, that's not the only person who speaks English. If it didn't work out there, go to the next one. And if it doesn't work out, there, go to the next one. And by the way, by the way, Samra or Sam, teacher Sam, is not telling you this. This is a fact. You notice that very highly successful people actually have this in common. They're not afraid to knock on someone's door and ask, hey, listen, uh, w- w- you know, what do you think? Should I do this? Should I do that? Like, what are your thoughts? And they're taking notes. They're learning instead of, oh, I'm so much better than you are and I know everything and you don't know. That's a terrible attitude to have, horrible attitude to have. So, Yes. You're right. There probably is this competition with the English learning journey, but there's a competition, man, with everything. With everything. Like, ooh, my son is going to this college. Ooh, your son is going to that college. My son is going to this college. Boom, competition. Now, I'm not saying everyone does this. But surprisingly, many, many people tend to do this. Maybe we feel like, okay, I'm better than you, so I'm living a better life. Maybe it makes me feel better. I don't know what it is. But what I do know for sure is that it's a waste of time. It's not a good recipe for personal growth. It's not a good idea for your own development. This sense of community and this sense of kind of communal, like, hey man, what's up? Like, I like your English. What did you do? Would you mind sharing some tips with me? Bam, open doors, network, communicate, connect. And many of those connections might be really nice. Some of them may not be nice. It's okay. Move on. Keep on going. Move on. It's your journey at the end of the day. It's your life at the end of the day. You know, not Oh, his, her or whatever, you know? So, so yeah, that that that's something I just have to say because I've seen it so many times in the classroom where it's like, man, you're stopping yourself from growing. You're stopping yourself from learning. Why? Why are you doing that? Why would you do that? You know, oh, because they laughed at my English and I have an accent and, uh, you know, Accent, what's the problem with your accent? Many, 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 many successful people in the United States have an accent. Okay, that's okay.
0: Yeah, you know, so this is what I tell to my students because, for example, here in Brazil, it's a big country and you have a lot of accents, even with natives, you know. So if you are from the south and you go to the north, they will notice your accent. So uh Usually like when, when my students they are talking and they ask me, is my accent good? And I say, Ah, oh, it's perfect. Like it's not my accent, but it's an accent, you know. And um, for example, I live here in the South. And and,
1: and I... um, you know, you know, one more thing that you could always say about accents is like, Okay, you have an accent, fine, but it, guess what? Right now. I have an accent and you have an accent. But here's my question. Do we have a problem understanding each other? No, we don't. You see that that's sometimes absolutely people have a super heavy accent and it's really difficult to understand. Hey, that's reality. And again, should you just like run away and like oh I'm done this is not for me no you can work on your ac- accent you can polish your pronunciation you can try to make it a bit more clear and easier to understand there's nothing wrong with that but just having an accent even if your conversation is very clear your your le- your your ability to communicate is very clear no problem yeah. At all. And Sorry to cut you I, off. I just wanted to add that. I think it's important for listeners. Yeah. So here, go ahead. Mm-hmm. What I
0: tell to my students when they are learning Portuguese, I tell them your accent shows your history, you know. Because for example, let me tell you something. Uh if you go here in Brazil to Rio de Janeiro, we say Rio de Janeiro in Portuguese, um, their accent it's very similar to Portugal accent. So when they pronounce the S, they make a, a kind of sh sound. For example, the number three, I would say tres, but people from Rio would say tres, sh, with this accent. And then uh, a lot of people don't know why, but it's about history. For example, when, when Napoleon, the, the guy from France, he invaded Portugal, so the king of Portugal had to flee to Brazil, and the capital was Portugal and then he brought a lot of people through Rio de Janeiro that's why they have the very close access to Portugal but for example in the south where i live after the second war a lot of people from germany came to the south uh, if you go on google and you search up for some cities in the south of brazil they look like germany so and in, in German, when they are speaking, they tend to stress the last letter of the word. So, for example, um, if some people in the north of Brazil would say milk, in Portuguese, they would say leite. But in the south, people say leite. Because they speak Portuguese with the same German accent. So, I think accents is very interesting. They just Absolutely. show your history, your background. Where, where your family came from and it's so absolutely. Interesting. I, I don't absolutely. see any problem with, with accents. You know?
1: No, neither do I. And I mean, I've talked about this a million times, you know, I think it's really important to remember because believe it or not, many students are totally paralyzed by their accents. you know it's like, oh no, I can't. I have an accent. I don't like my accent. And then you know you start working with them and you realize, what are you talking about? Your accent is not a problem at all. I can perfectly understand you. There are no issues whatsoever, you know? And so you realize, oh my gosh, all this time you could have invested in improving, but you actually got stuck because, oh no, my accent, my accent. So if you are listening to this right now, Stop obsessing over your accent. Please, stop obsessing over your accent. You know, it's normal to have an accent. Many, many, probably most English learners have an accent, you know, and um, that's okay. That's okay, as long as your accent is understandable, you know.
0: And Uh, I think your accent shows that you speak two languages, right? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so that... <laughs> uh,
0: if somebody says I don't have an accent, probably it's because you just speak one language, right? So
1: right. of course honestly... I don't have
0: accent in Portuguese, it's my native language. But are you proud of like you are proud because you don't have an accent and you speak one language or are you proud because you are a bilingual and have one accent in one of the languages. So right. of course I wanna right. be a bilingual.
1: Right. Exactly. And uh, you're right. I think it's almost like your own personal signature, you know, like, oh, cool, that's your accent. And that's his accent. And I have to tell you, generally speaking, in the United States, in my experience, accents are they're welcome in the United States. In my experience, people are they like accents like, oh, where's your accent from? Oh, that's cool. You know, now, now. Do you have every once in a while? Do you have jerks, you know, that might make a comment about someone's accent or say some very rude, something very rude about someone's accent? I'm sure. I'm sure. But I think generally speaking, people are friendly, people are kind, people are accepting uh, of it. So don't like imprison yourself with this mentality like oh my god my accent oh my english sucks and oh you know no 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 you're learning a completely new language that's not easy it's really it's not easy it's challenging you know but so many people yeah. have done it and you can do it too you know mm-hmm.
0: and i, I think uh, there is something we need to understand It's, uh, for example, for there are some sounds that are now talking about uh, language learning. uh, There are some sounds that you learn when you are a child. Uh, And then when you grow up, it's a little harder to learn how to do that sound. So, for example, in in Portuguese, we have this kind of nasal sound. So, for example, when you say apple, we say maçã. And then it's kind of talking with your nose, this uh, because actually you you there's no movement in your mouth, you just uh and then people they don't know how to do it if, for example, they are Americans, because they never learned how to do this sound. And I tell them it's okay, you you never learned, you can you can learn it, but don't worry too much about it because I uh, usually they don't say mass, they say maçan, massin, maybe. But it's okay. Everybody will understand you want an apple, you know? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That's that's an amazing point. You know, same thing in English you have. There are several challenging things, but I think one of the most challenging ones is the TH sound, you know, the TH, TH, thank you, or think, or through, or though, you know? So sometimes people say, thank you, thank you. You know, well okay, it's not perfect, but I can still understand what you're saying, you know, so that's a really good, that's a really good, I think, advice that you're giving uh, to your students, because some of these sounds, honestly, are going to be really, really, really challenging. And sometimes even if you spend 10 years studying, you just never learn that sound. And that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes you just have to make peace with that, like, okay, fine. But can people understand me when I speak? And guess what? Most of the time, the answer is yes. Yes. You know, now, if you remember from our classes, I'm very specific with pronunciation. I try my best to help students really improve their pronunciation. Right. But now you have students who say education. Right. The correct pronunciation would be education. And honestly, over time, I noticed that many students really improve their pronunciation and they end up saying education, education. And then sometimes there are students who just never do. And that's okay. You know, I tried, we tried, it didn't work. Fine. No problem, right? But I think you should at least try. You know, or or situation. Situation. No, situ, situation. Ah. So you try, you try. And if you try your best again, hey, you tried your best. You didn't try your best. Oh, man, I could have. I should have. So try to avoid those moments like I could have, I should have or whatever, you know. All right. So listen, when you asked me like, hey, how long is this going to be? I swear to God, I thought it was going to be like 30, 40 minutes. But we always get into these really interesting conversations conversations and it's almost difficult to stop talking you know but last thing here what is your advice to anyone who is listening right now who is not a native English speaker but who really wants to speak who really wants to kind of exit this shell where they are shy and uncomfortable and and you know anxious what is your advice to them how do they begin to speak English and how do they overcome this fear of speaking in English, Filipe?
0: Yeah. So uh if I could give like a piece of advice, I, I always make a joke with my students. If you want to learn Portuguese fast, you need to find a girlfriend from Brazil. Why do I make this kind <laughs> of a joke? It's a joke, but there is a, an explanation behind it. Because when you have a motivation, like... For example, I have a lot of students, they have uh, like they they have a Brazilian girlfriend and they learn fast because they have a motivation. You know, they love the girl and then like they want to learn it fast. So it's a joke, but what is behind? You need to have a motivation. You need to know why you are doing that. And then when you have a good motivation, you learn it. So, um, yeah, so I think... This is the point. I, I have seen a lot of students that they start and they stop, they start and they stop. And I, and I notice they don't have, they don't know why they're doing this. Maybe their parents are paying for it and they just are obligated to learn it. Uh, like they don't see the point of doing this. So first you, you have to understand why am I doing this? Uh, why is it important? You need to know it. And then after when you find out it, then everything will come, you know. But first, you need to have. I think everything is like in life is like this. If you don't know why you are doing something, if you don't have the right motivation, you can't achieve it. So then, Absolutely. after when you find out what is the reason why you are doing this, you want to do this, and why is it important? Then the second thing I would do it's like make your own goals. Don't like don't like join this kind of competition there is out there and see where you want to achieve, what is your possibilities. And then, yeah, and then choose a good teacher, Sam, Maverick Lingo, and go for it. Or (laughs)
1: Filipe for Portuguese. Felipe, everybody, for Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I mean, listen, listen. No, listen. It is, it's absolute. I love, 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 love that. Love that. Love exactly what you said. You know, we've talked about this a million times in class, and it's impossible not to repeat these things because they come up on a weekly basis. It's so easy to send a message or an email or leave a voice message like, I need, I need to learn English. You and millions of other people have that same desire. But my question is always, why? 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 You know, sometimes I get I get messages or emails or whatever from people who live in the United States. Many of them live in Florida. Many of them live in New York or whatever, you know, but they are originally from other countries, Colombia, Venezuela, Brazil, Russia, whatever. And guess what the number one problem is in that situation? Oh, my God, I live in the United States now. I don't understand my co-workers. I can't have a good conversation with my coworkers because I feel shy, I feel scared, I feel nervous. Oh my God, I have kids, my kids go to school and you know, when the teacher calls me, sends me an email, sends me a letter, wants to talk to me about my kids, I have no idea what she's saying, right? So what do you think I tell these students in those situations? Exactly what you just said. Well then, that should be your motivation. That should be your purpose purpose that should be your purpose. I'm learning English for me, yes, but I'm also learning so I can help my kids tomorrow, so I can be an even better parent for my kids tomorrow. I'm learning English for me, yes, but I'm also learning it because I want to connect with my coworkers at work. that could open up new doors, I could network, I could get a better position, I could improve my life, I could earn more money, you know, and so. Absolutely. Because if you just kind of start like, yeah, I want to learn English. Okay. And then what happens a week later when you don't feel motivated anymore? You don't feel, oh, this is difficult. Oh, this is tough. You give up. No, this is not for me. But what happens to those people who experience that a week later, two weeks later, a month later, they remember their purpose. They remember why they're doing this, and so they're like, "All right, okay, let's try this one more time. Let's try it again. Let's yeah, see how it goes." It. Right? So,
0: and let me tell you something. Uh, like, please, please about the joke I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of students. They really want to learn Portuguese because they wanna, like, they have a girlfriend, and she's Brazilian. And some of these students suddenly they disappear, and then, like you said, guess what? Uh, I messaged them and they said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not sending Portuguese anymore because we broke up, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, so, <laughs> so why they, yeah, it's true, it's true. It that's a, a good lot. one.
1: That's yeah. a good one.
0: So, so then I, so why they stop? Because they don't have any motivation. When, when, when you don't have the motivation, you just stop, you know?
1: Right, right. And also, so that's why let's... you have,
0: you have to have the right, you know, you have to have a good motivation and then you won't stop.
1: And and also, let's add something else to that. You know, OK, you want to learn English, whatever you want to learn Portuguese or whatever. Get a, I don't know, Brazilian boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Fine, fine. But see, your purpose, in my opinion, has to be even deeper than that. Even deeper than that, what about learning Portuguese for yourself? What about being able to say, oh, I am not monolingual anymore? In other words, I don't speak only one language anymore. I'm actually bilingual now. I can speak two different languages now. Oh, cool. Right? What if you live in an area? Let's say in Florida, I've never been to Florida, but I've heard from my Brazilian students, there's a huge Brazilian community in Florida. What if you live in a community that is surrounded by Brazilians? What if your next door neighbor is a Brazilian, you know, family or whatever? How do you think they're going to react if you're able to, even if you can say a couple of sentences to them in Portuguese? I guarantee you they're going to be so proud and so honored right? So yes, 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 for sure. That girlfriend and that boyfriend could become a future wife or a future husband. I get that. that. That's nice. That's nice motivation. But it should also be beyond that just for yourself. You know, what is this doing for yourself? Because I believe in general, whenever you attach your goals to other people, to something that's external, something that's outside of yourself, it's much easier for us to give up when that external person, external thing is no longer there.
0: And right? maybe but it's if not it's... real. It sounds a little artificial. Like, I want to become that because of that person. Right. You no, know, it's not. Yeah. Right. It's not real. Exactly.
1: Right? Exactly. And listen, listen, to a certain extent, to a certain extent, just in life in general, we're, we're doing things for other people anyway, right? It's like, I love my mom and dad and I respect my mom and dad because they love me and they respect me. So, you know, I want to do the same thing for them as well. Right. But honestly, at the end of the day, I also want to do it for me because I want to be a good daughter. I don't want to be a disrespectful, ungrateful, relentless daughter. I want to be a good daughter. So you do, you know what I'm saying? Like you do these things for yourself as well you know or you say hello to your to your neighbors or you are kind to your neighbors are you doing it for them or are you also doing it for yourself you know what i'm saying like yeah do it for yourself i mean be a good person for yourself learn english for yourself and i've learned and i've noticed that when you kind of shift your attitude and you go to that place instead of competing and uh, uh, you know Oh, God, it's a much more peaceful place. And, and, and all of a sudden, there's so much more space for you to learn because you are not occupying yourself, preoccupying yourself with this stuff that is has nothing to do with your learning. Oh, am I as good as he is? Oh, my God, am I as good as she is? You know, you're wasting your time with that stuff as opposed to like, all right, Sam. You're better today than you were yesterday. Well, that's kind of cool. Let's see what happens tomorrow or let's see what happens next week, you know? Anyway, thank you so so much Filippi. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for being part of our 100th um episode, which is really a big deal. Hard work pays off. Here we are, having a great conversation and I really hope that our listeners heard your story and we're able to draw some inspiration from it because i feel very proud of you as your teacher i really really do and um thank you <laughs> all i can say is good luck with everything and i wish nothing but success upon you and i know that you're going to have even more success because you work hard and you don't wait for things to fall from the sky so thank you thank you thank you